Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. Many years ago, I was reading after a renowned Bible teacher, a man greatly respected, and he gave a word of personal testimony. He said that at a particular time in his educational preparation, he was sent to a certain German university to study. This German university was very liberal theologically, and during the period of time that he was there, there was a professor that attacked the deity of Christ. He said day after day he railed on the person of Christ and he struck at who Christ was in his deity. And he said, it really shook my faith. And he said, every night when I came home from class, depressed and discouraged and despondent, he said, I would sit down and there was one book of the Bible that I would read. And he said, I read it through every night. And he said, that one book of the Bible kept me from losing my faith. It kept me anchored in who Christ was. And the book that he read every night was the little gospel according to Mark. Now that's where we've come now on our journey. We're journeying through Mark today. It's the shortest of all the gospel records. It's very easy to, to read it through in one sitting. There's only 16 chapters in it. And I must, for full disclosure, tell you this is my favorite gospel record. I wonder, do you have a favorite? I had a Bible teacher years ago that said to me his favorite was whichever one he was reading at the time. And I understand that because it's all the Word of God. But I love uh, the gospel according to Mark. Uh, Mark wrote to the Roman mind. Now you have to understand the Roman mind would be much like our world today. It is a society of action. And so in many ways, I think it appeals to us. Uh, Mark was written like a continuous, fast-moving drama. Uh, Twelve of the 16 chapters begin with the word and. Uh, the key word of the book is the word straightway. It's found 42 times. It literally means at once, immediately. This is the gospel of action. And anybody that tells you they're bored reading the Bible, take them to the gospel according to Mark because it's exciting to read. It is continually an emphasis on the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the author of the book, humanly speaking, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is Mark. Uh, Mark, this is the same Mark that was... Uh, Barnabas's nephew. This was the same uh, John Mark, you remember, that traveled with Paul for a period of time and then went back and in the end was restored. A beautiful picture of the grace of God Himself. Uh, this, is, this is the same Mark that 20 years after his failure writes arguably one of the most dynamic records of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't that encourage your faith today? God is a God of second chances. And he writes to this Roman mind that was so impressed by action, more impressed by, by getting it done than they are by words and discourses. And so that's why in Mark you find fewer of the words of Jesus and more of the works of Jesus. And most people believe that Mark, who was very close to Simon Peter, wrote much of what he wrote under the influence of Peter and that Peter would have relayed to him so many things that he saw as an eyewitness to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now the theme of the Gospel according to Mark is found in Mark chapter 10 in a famous verse, Mark chapter 10 verse 45. The Bible says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many. Let me point out a couple things from this amazing verse. Jesus is referred to here as the Son of Man. You remember in our last book, The Gospel According to Matthew, we began by saying that Jesus was the Son of David and the Son of Abraham. And yet, isn't it interesting that Christ's favorite title for Himself was not Son of David and not Son of Abraham? Did you know the title He most used for Himself was Son of Man? Why would that be? Because every time He said Son of Man, He was connecting Himself to every human being. You don't have to be a Jew to be connected to Jesus Christ. Oh no, He came for the whole world. Jesus Christ, who rightfully could have called Himself every time He spoke the Son of God, for He is the Son of God, instead chose to use the phrase Son of Man. It's a statement of humility. It is a statement of mercy. Every time He spoke the phrase, the Son of Man, He's saying, I became one of you. He's saying, you couldn't come to me, so I came to you. Oh, aren't you glad the Son of God is the Son of Man? And why did He come? Well, two reasons. The Bible says He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, number one, and to give His life a ransom for many. Now those two statements really provide an outline for the entire book. Jesus Christ is two things. He is the servant and He is the sacrifice. He came first of all to minister, that's to serve. You find that in chapters 1 through chapter 8 and verse number 26. And then there's a little transition passage from verses 27 through 30. Some people have called it the great divide in Mark as uh, Jesus says, Whom do men say that I am? And then from that point on, we see Him not as servant, but now we see Him as sacrifice. From chapter 8 verse 31 through chapter 16 and verse 20. So if you stand in the middle of the book and you hear Jesus say, Whom do men say that I am? Well, if you look back over the first part of the book, you'd have to stand up and say, You're the servant. But if you look over the end of the book, you'd have to say, You're the sacrifice. Because these are the reasons for which He came. And the great emphasis that Mark makes in this book is the Savior as servant. The one who came to ransom us, the one who came to die for us, came to serve us? Why would the God of the universe, who's willing and worthy of being served, why would He come and make Himself a servant of us? Well, that's the great message that Mark gives. He reveals to us Jesus Christ as the perfect servant, the ultimate servant. If you're a believer, friend, this is quite an example for all of us. To humble ourselves, to do what we do as a servant of God, and as a servant of those whom God loves all around us. As you read through Mark's gospel record, several things reveal the servanthood of Christ. One is that he omits the genealogy of Christ. Now, Matthew and Luke are going to record it, but not Mark. Why? Because nobody cared about the servant's genealogy. He omits the discourses of Christ by and large. Why? Because the works were more important than the words of a servant. No one came to hear the servant speak. They wanted to see him at work. And in Mark, you see Jesus at work. Mark omits the strong indictments of Christ. Why? Because that was uncharacteristic of a servant. In every way, by what is given and what is selectively not recorded in Mark's record, God is saying, My son came to be the servant. 
He emphasizes the hands of Jesus. Think about that. In chapter 1, he takes Peter's mother-in-law by the hand and lifts her up. Now, the blind man of Bethsaida in chapter 8, he took him by the hand. He put his hands on him. He put his hands again upon his eyes. In chapter 7, he put his finger in the ears of the deaf and dumb man. In chapter 9, he took the demon-possessed boy and lifted him up. Why the emphasis on hands? Because hands are the symbol of service. And think of this, the ultimate service is that those hands are going to be nail-pierced. They're going to be wounded for us. Mark seems to emphasize Christ's desire to be behind the scenes, to be unknown. Mark himself does not even call Christ Lord until after His resurrection. In the other three gospel records, He's called Lord 70 or 80 times. But Mark reserves this for after the record of the resurrection. You see, the Savior was both the servant of the will of His Father and of the needs of mankind all around Him. He is the ultimate servant. Look at Him on His knees, washing the feet of those disciples. Friend, can I tell you that the one you're serving today is still at this moment serving? Oh, yes, He is. He's praying for you. He's laboring and working for you today. And Mark, who emphasizes the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ more than any other thing, is a reminder to us that our Savior, the ultimate servant, still has that miracle-working power. His hands are at work at this present hour in our life. See the Lord Jesus today as the servant and ask God the Father to make you more like His Son. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.